0: Well, first things first. Very nice. Today is what I call a, a setup Sunday. It's, a, it's very special because it's looking forward to two great feasts. Um, the Feast of the Ascension, which is on Thursday, but in this country and many countries of the world, we celebrate it on the following Sunday so that everybody gets into the feast. And then that sets us up finally for the gift of the Spirit on the Feast of Pentecost. So today, Jesus is looking forward to that, to his death. And he's looking forward to the resurrection that will follow that. We hear in the scriptures, the first reading uh, and the second reading, there's troubles within and without the church. First one, it tells us that uh, there was a, a complaint rising up in the church. This is the early church of the first century. And the widows were not being cared for. They were being neglected. And so as they complained, the apostles and the leaders of the early church decided to do something about it. What they did was they selected seven men. and That's that magic number seven. It's probably symbolic. But they selected the seven men and laid hands upon them. That is, they ordained them to be deacons, and then they were to take care of the physical uh, needs of the early church while the apostles and the disciples preached and prayed with the people. In the second reading, Peter is telling us about a church that was suffering because of persecution so that people not in the church but outside the church who were not believers in Jesus Christ were persecuting, punishing people, throwing them in jail, hurting them, killing them. And it was a very difficult time, and he writes this letter to encourage them. But this is the gospel that uh, gives us a few keys. Now, I'm sure some of you remember uh, the musical Godspell and also the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. Anybody remember that? How many saw it? Go home to Netflix and watch it. Personally, I preferred uh, spell to <clears throat> Jesus Christ Superstar because Jesus Christ Superstar seems like an angry Jesus, especially at the end. He just seems angry all the time. But in Godspell, <clears throat> it's a very simple idea. It's a collection of songs and, uh, and Jesus teaching what he taught all the time, especially about love. And <clears throat> as he's teaching it, the interesting thing is that the people that he was preaching to begin to fall in love. They fall in love with him, with his words, and with his teaching. And they certainly must have heard many times the words like uh, that begin the gospel today, don't be afraid. Have faith. Have faith in God, have faith also in me. So he speaks these words because he was telling them about the fact that he had to leave them, which they were not going to understand, But he said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, but I'm going to come back so that I can take you there with me. And Thomas was the one we called the doubter because he always had questions, and this was the big one. He says, Master, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And you heard the words. It's one of the most famous lines in Scripture. Every Christian of every Christian faith knows it. When Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And as in God's spell, the disciples began to hear all that he taught. They came to know his words as truth for themselves. And they discovered that those truths that he was speaking would give them life. And it comes to a big climax when Jesus ends up on that cross because he preached love all his life. He preached forgiveness all the time. Even in the prayer that he taught us to our Father, he said he told us to say this to God our Father. Father, you forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. You forgive us just like we forgive, which is a scary thing to say to God. If God listened to us and followed what we told him, I think a lot of us wouldn't be very forgiven. So Jesus taught the prayer in that way, I think, to shock us into realizing the importance of forgiveness and the importance of loving. And he preached it all the time, but the proof that he believed it was when he was on that cross, And these crowds of people, that were they had been spitting on him. They stripped him. They beat him. They laughed at him. They mocked him. They said, oh, you're a king, so let us give you a crown. But it wasn't gold. It was thorns that they stuck in his head. And they're laughing at him as he's dying, suffering on the cross. And in Luke's gospel, with his arms outstretched, nailed to that cross, he just says, Father, forgive them all. They know not what they do. And I think this is so vitally important because, as he said, to them, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And uh, Philip hears those words after he asks this question and he, or he made a statement to Jesus. Master, show us the Father so that we can believe in him too. Show us the Father. He says, you don't, you don't believe me? I'm in the Father and the Father is me. And I ask you, what does that mean? I know we say words like that, but... How do you get into somebody else, and somebody else get into you? We have some sayings, and one of them is, I suppose, between lovers when they say, Hey, I'm really into you. I'm really into you. And I think what that means is that two people become one, spiritually speaking. They become one in spirit. They truly love. They truly forgive. They truly belong to each other in a way. Now, in the 17th chapter of John, which is later, Jesus will say these words, I came that you might have life, me living in you, you living in me. So not only does he say that about he and the Father, he says it about him and us. I want to live in you so that you can live in me. And this is where I think today makes such beautiful sense to to receive communion. We take bread, like Jesus did on the Last Supper, and we say the words that he said that night, this is my body, eat it. Why would he give us his body to eat? Well, he didn't give us his flesh and his blood in physical terms, but through this bread and through this bread of life that he calls it, he wanted us to eat this and receive him, to take him inside of us. And that means more than just that bread, that consecrated bread, the body of Christ. It's every word that he ever said. It means all of his teaching, all of his example. You know, he talked about love so much. He even said these words. You've heard it said that you should uh, love your countrymen but hate your enemy. But what I tell you, says Jesus, what I tell you is love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And I ask the big question, like Thomas: Why, Lord? Why? Why would we love our enemies? And that doesn't mean um, that we go out to pizza with them or that we hang out with them all the time. But loving someone means that you want the good for them. And why not love our enemies and ask God to to touch their lives and their hearts and bring them to change? Because if we end up hating our enemies, we're just like our enemies. They hate us, so we hate them back. And I love this example because it's so stupid, but it's so real. Let's just say, because last week there was a little dog over here and it barked every once in a while in mass. Somebody brought their rescue dog or whatever. Um, So I'm up here preaching, say, and a little dog comes down the aisle and everybody's thinking, how cute, look at the little dog. And it comes down right to me and bites me on the leg. Well, if I want to, I can get down on my hands and knees and bite it on its leg. Pretty stupid, huh? Why do we have to give back what we get? Jesus says, I'm going to give you love and you can give that love to others and so when they hate you, love them back. Pray for them. Bless them. Ask God for goodness for them. And I believe if we do that, we begin to experience Jesus Christ living in us and us living in him. So, boys and girls, as you receive your communion for the first time today, this is a very special moment. You're coming up here, and I will say the body of Christ, and you say, Amen, which means I believe it. Yes, I believe it. And then you take that into your mouth and into your body. And Jesus says it just simply. I want to be inside you, in your heart, in your mind, in all of your actions. I want to live in you. I want to live in you and love you. And today, very joyfully for the first time, uh, we do that with you and welcome you into the Living Eucharist.